Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Uh, really excited about, yeah, for those of you that kind of follow me, you know I've been doing Life Beyond the Game and Quantum Coffee, and I've decided to merge the two. Um, there's a lot of reasons behind that, but really just trying to focus my energy and really provide different stories around this healing journey and this transformation, this connection to the thing that is greater than the self and having these um, conversations. And I love talking to athletes and every athlete that I've had on Life Beyond the Game that has really showed up and, and they're going through this healing journey. I just think, man, they'd be so good for Quantum Coffee. And so that's what I did. And it's really cool. I've had a couple athletes go and, and the, today's guest, Zane Beatles, is one of the guys that I'm bringing on to Quantum Coffee. So if you do follow Life Beyond the Game, make sure you, uh, uh, it's all coming over Quantum Coffee. So it's easy for you. Um, really excited about sharing uh, this story and this conversation with Zane. Uh, I talked about it early in the podcast, but you know, me and him got drafted in the same year, uh, played offensive line in the same division, Mountain West Conference. Shout out, woot woot, UNLV in Utah. So we played against each other every year. So we just really followed each other uh, our entire careers, but had never actually connected. And so it's really cool to have finally had a conversation with him and just the journey that he's been on. He shares a lot of wisdom. Um, and it's really cool to just get a sneak peek behind how it really is playing in the NFL. And there's such a wide range of experiences uh, for guys, but there's a lot of commonality as well. And uh, I think the big commonality is uh, that it's a business and it's really challenging in a lot of different ways. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping um, former elite athletes on their healing journey. And I know Zane is as well. Um, really building out the Heart Collective. That's uh, my passion project. And we are kind of rejigging everything and setting a new foundation, a new vision. Really uh, focused on becoming the leading resource for deeper healing and growth for former elite level male athletes. Um, and really just trying to provide as much value and content as possible. So we're reorganizing the website, uh, really bringing in a lot of people to share their stories, share resources, provide research on all these alternative healing modalities, specifically psychedelics and plant medicine, and really just trying to show up and, and support the former athlete community. Really excited about doing that. Um, if you're interested in following along or you want to follow that, you know, exclusive newsletter that we'll be putting out, go to theheartcollective.com. That's H-A-R-T, theheartcollective.com. And uh, yeah, a lot of different offerings I'm putting together, retreat experiences, uh, group coaching, uh, just a lot of content, a lot of valuable content. Um, yeah, really excited to share it all with you. Thank you so much for listening to this long intro. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Zane Beatles, my man. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, Joe. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. It's really cool to connect with you. We connected a couple of weeks ago and we kind of, I think we found each other on LinkedIn. Didn't really find each other. We kind of connected on LinkedIn, but it's cool because we actually played in the same division in college. We were drafted in the same draft class, both played offensive line. I actually really wanted to get drafted to Denver, but they took uh, JD Walton instead in, in at yep. Denver. Um, so our paths are pretty intimately intertwined and it's cool to finally have connected with you uh, with such kind of, you know, parallel journeys um, and excited to have a conversation with you, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel the same way, uh, you know, through our careers, 
uh, I, I always, uh, you know, in a roundabout way, kind of kept tabs on you and uh, was rooting from you from afar. Not that you would have known that because we, you know, we weren't really in contact, but, uh, you know, happy for the career that you had and, and now what you're, you're rolling into. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. And uh, I'm excited to continue to explore the synergies. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right back at you. I remember following you from afar as well and just like supporting you. It's fascinating how that kind of works. Like I did not even think that you even knew who I was, but then, you know, feeling the support, it's just, that's kind of how the brotherhood of the NFL is, which is really cool. And especially cool thing. It's like, there's only 32 teams. And when you play kind of the same divisions each year, you watch film of the other offensive lines when you're studying the teams you're playing against. And so you, you actually do see the other players and the other offensive line quite a bit. And you actually develop this relationship, even if you don't actually know them personally, you like really, you know, either learn from their, their play on the field or, or their style of play. And so it's really cool to, uh, to have connected in person and, and have that, that kind of relationship, even though it wasn't the way it is going to be, I can see it. Happening. Right. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Cool, man. Well, let's, let's, you know, create some context, maybe take us through a little bit of your football journey briefly, and then we can kind of dive into your, your experience in the NFL, um, what that was like, and maybe some of the lessons that it taught you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I, I grew up uh, originally born in Wyoming, uh, one of the very few rel- relatively in this world that come from the state of Wyoming, uh, but moved to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah when I was young, uh, grew up there, uh, grew up a University of Utah fan. So it was really cool for me uh, my senior year when I was offered a scholarship at the University of Utah and able to go on and, and play there. Uh, played there for, you know, redshirted. So I was at the University of Utah for five years. Uh, never really had the NFL on my mind, honestly, until my last couple years when I started getting some attention and, and uh, you know, agents start calling and uh, started to think, you know, this might be an option for me. Uh, I'm going to throw everything that I can into this and, and see if I can make the most of it. And uh, fortunately, uh, in 2010, was drafted to Denver, uh, played in Denver for four years, uh, went on to be a free agent, signed a free agent contract in Jacksonville, uh, was there for two years, uh, was released in Jacksonville, went to San Francisco for two years, um, and then ultimately finished up uh, half a season in Atlanta, uh, mm-hmm. signed in the middle of the season and, and finished up there. So overall played nine years in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I think you could probably relate to this. I think over two thirds of my life playing the the game of football, uh, you know, which uh, fortunate to be that way. Uh, and, you know, uh, lucky enough to not have too many major injuries coming out of that as well. So thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Playing for a few different teams. Uh, what was it like, you know, have being kind of that, that, I mean, you were drafting the second round, right? And then going to a new team and then kind of jumping around. Like I think for you know most guys, like for my, I, I always wanted to be the guy, right. That like an organization, organization fell in love with. And I was like top five guy and they gave me the money and I was there forever. And, I always really struggled with that in Atlanta. I never really could earn that respect. And I just up and down career and I lost my starting job a couple of times. And then I'm going to Tampa, similar kind of thing. What was your experience like as far as like showing up and, and giving everything to these teams? Did you ever feel like you fully arrived or got that kind of respect? Yeah. Uh, interesting. You bring that up and say that, uh, you know, I thought I was going to be in Denver for my whole career. Um, I, I kind of set a goal for myself to play 10 years uh, at, at the minimum. And I was like, you know, I love the city of Denver. The organization's great. You know, I was young and 
and uh, still learning the profession. And I was like, I'm going to be here for my whole career. And, um, you know, my first few years in the league, you know, I, I progressed. I was continually getting better. Uh, my third year in the league uh, ended up being an alternate in the Pro Bowl. Um, so, you know, it was like, all right, like, you know, it's, it's heading the way I want it to head. Um, my last year in Denver, my fourth year in the league, um, you know, before the season, they didn't offer me an extension, uh, you know, talking to my agent, they're like, you know, we, we, we're not sure that we want to, uh, you know, offer Zane or, or extend him, you know, we, we have other priorities. Uh, and that was a big hit mentally for me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you, you sacrifice so much and you put so much time and effort and, and so much of yourself into an organization and sacrifice for a team. And then to not kind of get that reciprocal feeling, um, especially when you don't fully understand like the true business of the NFL at that point, you know, I was still a little too young to fully understand that. I think. Yeah, a little naive. Um, it's not till like that year yeah. six and seven you really start seeing and, and and winding the lens out and just seeing how many like right. real superstars that they they don't have any ties to anybody. Like if you get hurt right. or you're not performing, like you're out. It's that quick. Yeah. It's very fascinating. Yeah, yeah, you know, so crazy. So you know, mentally that kind of sent me for a loop a little bit, and uh, my play suffered too. You know, my my fourth year wasn't as good as as my third year. Um, but, you know, fortunately, uh, was able to, to sign a a very good free agent contract, um, and, and go to Jacksonville. And I was excited for that opportunity. Uh, you know, Jacksonville has been a team historically that hasn't had a ton of success. Um, but at the time they had a, a lot of young talent on the roster. Um, they had a coach in Gus Bradley, uh, who came from Seattle, who was just a dynamic character. Uh, unbelievable guy. I have so much respect for him. And, uh, I was really excited about going to that organization and, you know, seeing what could become of it. And, uh, you know, they wanted me to come in and, uh, kind of be that leader in the O-line room and, and help develop younger guys. And I was excited to take on that role. So, uh, you know, went to, to Jacksonville and, uh, expecting to have the same type of success personally that I had in, in Denver. Uh, and definitely, and team success, you know, was expecting, you know, the team to continue to grow and get better. And, and that definitely didn't happen. Uh, it was, it was tough, especially that first year. Um, we had 10 guys in the offensive line room and five of them were rookies. Mm. And I was in my fifth season and I was the oldest guy in the offensive line room. Uh, and I think I was the third oldest guy on the offense. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe in the top five oldest guys on the team. Uh, overall. So, you know, very young team, very inexperienced. Uh, and I took a lot of that on my shoulders. Mm. Um, you know, I, I remember one week three of that first season I was in Jacksonville, we had an offensive uh, unit meeting and the offensive coordinator comes in and, you know, he's addressing the the offense and he's talking about, you know, I was looking at some stuff earlier and uh, Zane, I, I was looking at the starts of everybody, you know, our starters this week on offense, how many starts everybody has in the league and Zane, you have more starts yourself than the other 10 starters on offense combined. <laughs> oh shit. So that just gives you an idea, you know, of how young we were. And, and, uh, you know, I had come from two years playing with Peyton Manning and the type of command of offense that we had under Peyton and, 
the way we operated and the efficiency that we had. And the, you know, we went into every game with Peyton knowing that a defense couldn't stop us and we could do whatever mm-hmm. we wanted. Uh, you know, to, so to have the flip side of that and have a rookie quarterback and two rookie offensive line starters and three rookie receivers. And, you know, at times it's difficult to even get lined up. Right. Um, you know, and, and I'm not taking anything away from any of those guys. Uh, it's just the, the way it, you know, when you're a young guy, the, the change from college to the NFL is, is you it's know, significant. Huge. Yeah. Yes. And you can't and teach experience, right? No, no. So, you know, and, and I, uh, you know, coming in and wanting to be the leader and be that guy on the team and, and in the offensive line room, I took a lot of that on my shoulders and it even further, you know, mentally, uh, affected me personally affected my play. Um, you know, just all, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, you know, two rough couple years in Jacksonville, um, good experience for life. You know, I, I learned a lot about myself as a man mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, was got through some, some tough times. Uh, also met my wife while I was living in Jacksonville. So I firmly believe that was the main reason I was in Jacksonville. Um, so, you know, that's a big deal. Uh, but then after two years of a five-year contract, uh, they released me, uh, after that second year. And were they trying uh, to get younger? They were, they were trying to get younger and cheaper as they always are. Right. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we can get way younger by cutting the oldest guy on the team and all the stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, then went on to, to San Francisco, uh, rough couple years in San Francisco as well. I think my first year there, we were two and 14, uh, and then was there, uh, part of Kyle Shanahan's first season in, in San Francisco. Um, after that year, they wanted me to, to take a pay cut, which I was, uh, actually I was, you know, I was in for, um, uh, the structure of my contract wasn't good for me to go into training camp on. And, uh, so we started down that road of negotiations and we couldn't come to an agreement. So I told them, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. Just go ahead and release me. Uh, so they did that year and I sat at home for a while, uh, until Atlanta called in the middle of the 2018 season. Went to Atlanta for eight or nine weeks while my wife was pregnant with twins, which was an interesting little jaunt in life, uh, and and finished up and then decided after that season that the time was right. Uh, it was mm-hmm. time for me to be done and uh, stay home and be dad to to my two young twins that were on the way and, and uh, you know, kind of move on to the next phase of life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. So what was it like, you know, leading up to that, that final decision to walk away? Because I think there's just so much more that goes into it than people think. And there's so many different layers to it. Um, so maybe, you know, just kind of leading up to the final decision, what, that, what that was like. And then when you finally made that decision, like the finality of it, how did you process that and what came up for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, I, I had always you know, set the goal for myself to play 10 years, uh, you know, that kind of double digit magic number. Uh, and I had gotten to nine years. And so that was a, you know, a factor from a pride standpoint, like, you know, I set a goal and I go out and achieve my goals, you know? Um, so that was a difficult thing to process and, and think through that, you know, I'm, I'm so close. I, you know, it's one more year, uh, you know, I can just, uh, tough it out, you know, for one more Mm -hmm. year. Uh, I didn't feel good physically. Um, you know, I had been knocked down mentally for a number of years. Uh, hadn't had a winning season in six seasons, I think. 
which you know, you know, the, the old saying of winning cures everything. Oh man. Um, Difference between being a part of a losing <laughs> team and a winning team is it's like a completely different experience. Like right. winning a team and going on like a run and going to the playoffs and just being so dialed in and confident and just being around the, it's like, it's such a fun time, but it's such a rare thing. Cause it's so hard to be that in the NFL. It's like, right. damn you Patriots. No. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you know, so that, you know, I had kind of been jaded through the league. I had gotten older and understood, uh, what, you know, what the situation was in the league and, and really understand, you know, understood what teams are looking for and, and, you know, all those factors. Um, my kids that I mentioned coming, uh, you know, I decided in February of 2019 to retire. My kids were born in April of 2019. Uh, and that was probably the biggest factor for me that, you know, I had this opportunity. I had made, uh, a, you know, a good amount of money in my career and was financially stable. And um, I had an opportunity that a lot of dads don't have to be home and uh, build a good bond with my kids and see them grow up and help my wife, uh, you know, with twins, which uh, uh, anybody that has kids knows how hard one is, uh, you know, and two is just a, a whole nother level. So uh, I can't that was it. Yeah, it is crazy. Uh, awesome. Now, you know, they're, they're about two and a half years old now and seems like lifetimes ago. They're just and, born. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, so that was a big factor. Um, the, the fact that I hadn't been very seriously injured, you know, I, I've definitely dealt with injuries and had, you know, a few surgeries here and there and, and some different things, but you know, no major reconstructions, uh, no, you know, no torn ACLs, you know, none of, none of these injuries that, um, a lot of guys have to deal with. Um, and you know, in my mind, you, you know, just thinking about if I keep pushing the envelope here, what's going to happen, you know, and do I want to deal with that for, for the rest of my life or for two years of rehab, you know, just so that I can say that I played 10 years, mm -hmm. you know, is, is that really worth it? Um, so and then, you know, I, I, I didn't love football like I had previously, um, at that point, you know, I think just, you know, everything that you go through and doing it for as long as you do and feeling, uh, you know, not only is it something that's very mentally taxing, but obviously very physically taxing and just going through that, um, you know, I just didn't have the passion and the desire that I had before. And I was excited for, you know, a transition and what was next in my life. Um, so those were kind of all the factors that went into ultimately deciding to be done. And, you know, I, through my football career, um, you know, I've never identified as just a football player. I've always, you know, thought of myself as, as more than that or different than that. And, you know, somebody that is all these things that happens to play football and happens to be good at football. Um, and so I felt like I was going to be one of the most prepared guys for that transition out of football. And I was going to have no issues. And, you know, I, I kind of had an idea of a direction I wanted to go, but, uh, ultimately I was very wrong in, <laughs> in that thinking, uh, and, and kind of jumped into that transition and, uh, wasn't, wasn't easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, that's what I don't think people understand. There's just so many unique challenges. I, I definitely feel the same way. I mean, you lose this. I mean, I loved the game of football so much. And by the end of my career, I was just so ready to be done because the, yeah. the business side of it and just like feeling like I always had constantly had to prove myself to these guys and it never was good enough. And just 
all of this stuff, my body physically just getting beat down. And so part of me was like really excited about, I'm ready for the next adventure. I'm ready to experience my freedom from this game. I've literally spent my entire life pursuing greatness at, and I got, I got some money in the bank. I'm going to have this freedom. Like three weeks after my final game, I was just like, I mean, I just got hit like a ton of bricks, like this, just this void in my heart. It's like, I had to properly grieve the loss of this thing. And I was very much the same way. Like I always had this awareness that football is what I do. It's not who I am. And I said that a lot throughout my career. And I don't think I gave myself enough credit. Like actually it was a lot bigger part of who I am. And that kind of led me on this journey of, of really having to answer the question of who am I without this thing that has defined me for so long. And I think that's a beautiful journey to go on, but it can be very challenging in a lot of unique ways in such a fall from grace, if you will, from being at such a pinnacle. So talk a little bit about that journey for yourself. What are some of the challenges that you've faced and how have you um, kind of shown up to, to really navigate them and the, some of the tools yeah. you've used? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I think um, a lot of people talk about professional athletes and their transition out of the game and how difficult it is um, for them. And, you know, I, I, it's absolutely true. Uh, however, I don't think it is, uh, you know, just athletes that go through this stuff. Mm. I think anybody in this world that goes through a big transition like that in life, anybody that decides the career that they're not, that they're in currently is not what they love anymore. And they want to make a transition to something else. Uh, anybody that has been working in a job for, you know, I think of, of my parents that's been working in a job for, you know, decades and decide to retire, uh, and what's next for them at this point, you know, everybody, uh, I think at some point in their life goes through this situation. Uh, so, you know, the lessons and, and people talk about the athletes, uh, you know, the, the lessons that athletes can come out and talk about, I'm, I'm happy. That's why we're, you know, having this conversation today because I, it can ben- benefit everybody. Absolutely. Um, so I just, you know, I just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, my transition, uh, like I said, I, you know, I, I thought I was one of the most well-prepared. Um, I, my, my undergrad was in engineering, uh, but as I went through my football career, I, I knew that that wasn't uh, a profession that I wanted to work in after I was done. I, I was more interested in finance and, and uh, kind of business and that side of things. So I had always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do an MBA uh, when I was done playing. Um, so went along with that and, and uh, had that plan and, and started an MBA program, uh, an online MBA program, uh, August, you know, so I was retired in February. I started that program in August and uh, was thinking that I would use that as kind of a transition and a time to figure out exactly what was next. Um, you know, to your point, you know, being, having some success in football and having, uh, you know, financial security. Uh, is obviously a blessing, you know, so thankful for that. And so thankful for the game of football uh, for that. Uh, but because of that, really the whole world was open to me. I literally could do anything that I wanted to do. And when you sit back and look at that and think about that, it is so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like there is so much out there. It's so many different professions and so many different hobbies and all these things. Like, what do I want to do next? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then, you know, for me, I, I got into a, a, a 
mindset of kind of like paralysis uh, by analysis, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to look at all the different things and learn as much as I could and do it as fast as I could because, you know, like the talks, clock's ticking. I need to get into something else, you know. Yeah. I, just I, to add on to that, too, is like it, it, the world's open up to you, but you also look at your peers who have like decided what their career is and they're going into it and you're 10 years older. And so you, sure. and you're, you're an expert and one of the best in the world at this thing, but this, you know, you know, being the best at keeping someone from getting from point A to point B doesn't really transfer, you know, into a lot of other professions, like the intangibles and the skills and the learning and the be able to handle failure and limiting beliefs and the discipline, all of that does, but it takes this sort of humility to, to show up and be like, okay. And then actually having to go discover like, okay, now what, what else do I want to do? And there's so much right. to try and you have to try things to start realizing what you don't like and what you do like. And it is overwhelming. It's so easy for people to be like, what's there to complain about? You can do whatever you want. And it's, right. it's just, there's so much, it's nuanced to it. It's so much different than that. For sure. Uh, you know, that, that fact about, you know, feeling like you're 10 years behind your peers. Uh, you know, for me, I was like, all right, I, I, I know I want to do something in business. I don't know exactly what area, but I know that everybody else that is my age has a 10 year head start on me in that career. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, tons of anxiety coming from that, uh, which was very difficult. Um, you know, to your point, the, those skills, those business skills that you can learn, you know, you can learn those skills. Uh, I, I had to be told multiple times and, and come to a, uh, you know, realization myself that the other skills, those intangibles that you learn and, and the mental toughness and, uh, interpersonal skills, you know, the experiences and the people that you're around, you know, through your football career are hugely valuable and, and more valuable than the business skills that you can go get training in and learn. Right. So it took me a while. It took me a while to, you know, come back to earth and in that side of things and, and be okay with being behind some peers. uh, And the challenge with that too, is like when you're playing in the NFL, you're surrounded by all these really incredibly high achieving, mentally tough individuals who know what it takes to reach that pinnacle. And even within the locker room environment, you can see the guys that are super tough and dialed in and can just like push themselves to the limits. And then, you know, the kind of the weaker ones that kind of like, you can tell they're just not, not as mentally tough, but even those, kind of weaker ones in that environment are probably some of the toughest people in the world. And so you're kind of like, you don't understand what the real world's kind of like, cause you're in this bubble and you're surrounded by all these people who are so focused and determined and show up and work hard and do extra stuff. And so you realize like, that's just, a, that's just a part of like being human. Like everybody kind of does that. And then you go out into the right. real world and you start talking to people and connect to people like, Holy shit. Like, I am really special. Like what I did was not because I was a good athlete because there's plenty of good athletes out there. It was all of these things that I was able to, through my mindset, be able to push myself past what most people are comfortable with. That's what separates, you know, players. And, you know, it's so cool. Like later in my career, looking around the locker room, I just remember having so much respect for each player in there because it's so easy for like fans and stuff to kind of have these ideas around these guys, but every single player in, a, in, a, in an NFL locker room has some type of story of adversity or challenge that they overcame. It's just, it's amazing. For sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, I completely agree with you there. Uh, you know, people ask me, uh, you know, about how, what, what it takes for guys to make it in the NFL. Um, and I, the thing that I tell people all the time is that if somebody is in an NFL training camp, they can do the job physically. 
That's the whole job of the personnel department, right? They go out and they evaluate athletes and are they strong enough? Are they fast enough? Can they move well enough? You know, like, can they physically do this job? Yeah. Okay. Let's, in, you know, they're going to be in our training camp. The, the thing that separates people that have longer careers uh, and those that don't is in my uh, opinion, a hundred percent mental, you know, you are being evaluated every single day. So can you mentally uh, be strong enough to come in and be your best every single day over and over, no matter how you feel physically, no matter what's going on at home, no matter what your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, whatever happens outside of that building, can you handle it mentally? And the people that can are the ones that have long careers, because again, everybody that's there can do the job physically, right? And, you know, to your point, every year, uh, at, at the end of training camp, uh, when, when you finally settle and have that 53 man roster, plus your practice squad, uh, I I would always go around and shake everybody's hand and just congratulate everybody because it's a true achievement every single year to have one of those lockers, uh, and to make it through that, uh, because it's, it's such a difficult thing to do. Wow. Uh, So I just started vibrating. Like, it's just (laughs) like, it it is like, and and it's one of those things, like when I was playing, I had, I felt like I had to show up and prove myself every single day. Right. That's what it takes to stay at that level. And so you never really have time to, to be complacent or sit around. And when you do like, they'll, they'll just call you out. It's so hard to change those impressions when they're like, Hey, this person's like this and they don't even communicate it to you. And then all of a sudden the next day you're cut, you don't know why. And it wasn't until I was done playing and like three years out now. And like over the last couple of years, being able to have some space, and really look back on my career and just have a different appreciation and just how proud I am of myself for that accomplishment. It's like, I, I never really reached the levels I had envisioned for myself. Like I wanted to make a pro bowl. I wanted to win a super bowl, like all these things I was striving for. And I never really reached it and just having to prove myself. But now that I look back, it's like, Holy shit, not only like the average career is three years and every single year I played after that is like, there's, it's such a small number of people in the world in, in the history of humanity that I've ever done that. It's just really cool to actually, you know, finally get to a place where I'm like so proud of myself for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I've had some time now, you know, since my career to kind of look back and reflect and, uh, you know, I, I was like, you know, I, I went to a pro bowl as an alternate and, and, you know, in my mind at that point, it was like, all right, here, you know, here we go. I'm going just to the, the beginning, right? Year. Your third yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to the pro bowl every year. Uh, and that was, the, my, the best year of my career. And I was always constantly chasing that after that, right. Mm -hmm. To to play at that level and never got back to that level. And, you know, just being so kind of like disappointed in myself for that, uh, at the time now looking back on it, you know, I can sit here and tell you, like, I maximized my opportunity. Mm -hmm. I did everything that I could possibly do, uh, to play at the highest level that I could through, you know, and be available, not being hurt. You know, I, you know, that was a huge thing for me is, is, uh, I took pride in, you know, most of the seasons that I played at least my first seven years, I played every single offensive snap, Mm. you know, that was a huge, that that was a huge, uh, you know, piece of, of pride for me and, and something that I always focused on. Um, you know, so I, I definitely have gotten to a place now where I can look back and say like, you know, I, I am proud of what I did and the, the, the work that I put in and, and the career that I was able to have, uh, you know, I, I truly maximized the opportunity and, 
and the skills and and everything uh, to be able to do that. So, yeah. you know, another sense of yeah. gratitude too is like, and me and you are very similar. And, and even even rarer case is to walk away on your own terms, right? Like most yeah. people, they have more football left to give. They like have more left <laughs> to give the game, and it's either taken away from them for some reason, or you know, injured, cut, whatever it is. And that's ninety nine percent of people. And so like, just so grateful that I got to a point where it's like, I'm, I'm deciding to walk away because I've given this game everything I have. And I, yep. that is a, a, that right there. When I was a kid, like I was, I could say, Hey, you're going to play all the football and you're going to give it everything you have. And you're going to make it this far. Like I can hang my hat on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I feel very fortunate for that too. You know, the, there's so many guys that, you know, either are cut and, and never signed again, you know, because they, you know, whatever reason, or they get injured and, uh, you know, they're, they're not able to come back from that, you know, whatever the situation is, uh, you know, I'm truly blessed and thankful that I, I got to make that decision on my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, not, not, uh, that, that fact isn't, uh, taken lightly in, in my mind. So proud of you, brother. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. You too. <laughs> Let's talk man. about, yeah. Thanks man. Let's talk about being an offensive lineman. I know you've been on this kind of weight loss journey, like all of us. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, losing the weight first of like having to be that big to play the game of football is just so exhausting, but it, it, it develops these like eating habits that are really hard to break mentally. I'm still mm-hmm. struggling with it. And then I've still had this, you know, these body image issues, like having to be 300 plus pounds my whole life and always wanting to like, wonder what it's like to be kind of fit and feel good and look good, and especially in this society and culture. And so even now it's like, I, I still have this weird relationship with food, even though I eat a lot healthier and, you know, intermittent fast, and I've lost a lot of weight. It's just, it's this weird thing that always comes up. How have you navigated that as an offensive lineman? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to start that and touch a little bit on my transition again, um, because I think that's the basis and, and where it starts from. Um, you know, I, I got connected with a guy, um, who is kind of a life coach, um, and, and, and put together a, a program, uh, that I went through for a year. Uh, and, and had daily uh, exercises that started with gratitude and went on to find your purpose and your vision and your strengths and the power of the words that you use and the power of the thoughts that you have and how to influence you know all these different things in life to just be like the best version of yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, one of the things that really impacted me that I learned through that is that. Um, in my football career, my purpose was to be the best football player that I could be. So I had a guiding light, any decision that, uh, I needed to make or any opportunity that came to me, uh, I had a barometer to use to make a decision, right? Is, is this decision going to help me be the best football player that I can be? Uh, yes. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and and do this. If it, if the answer is no, then like, no, nah, that's a sacrifice I'm going to have to make. Right. Mm-hmm. When I was done with football, I didn't have that purpose anymore. And so I really needed to develop that purpose and find what it is that I was, uh, moving forward to in life. Uh, also through that, you know, through that transition, I, I got away from self-care, uh, you know, I was focused on my wife and my kids and, you know, uh, you know, 
school and kind of the transition, but I, I wasn't focused on myself. Um, you know, I, I probably played, I would say I was around 305 to 310 pounds while I was playing on average. Um, my heaviest weight, uh, probably about, I don't know, a year and a half after I retired, uh, after the holidays, I stepped on the scale and I was 329 pounds. Mm. and you know it, it you know i hadn't even like really thought about it you know and and my i went nuts that holiday you know it was the first holiday i'd had that i could go out and you know visit family and eat and drink and be merry and all those things yeah for those of you that and, don't know uh, we actually had to practice or play games on christmas every year we played yeah so right. there was Christmas and Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving right? like, and yeah. into New Year's too, if you're doing playoffs. Right. And, yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, that was the first time in something like, you know, including college with bowl games and, you know, mm. all that kind of stuff, like 14 years or something like that. Um, so I went a little nuts, but came back at 329 pounds and it was like, you know, a mental moment, like, all right, Hey, we need to, you know, we need to figure some stuff out here and, and reel this in. Uh, and I was going through that program at the same time. Uh, and that's why I bring that up is because I think it was in conjunction, you know, it was, um, me kind of finding myself, finding my purpose, finding the vision for my life and, uh, internally working on myself, you know, getting up every morning and, uh, I started meditating, uh, and meditate every morning now, uh, which has been a huge impact on my life and something that, you know, you had always heard of and people talk to you about it and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds good. Like maybe I'll try it sometime, uh, to actually that resistance do it. has a really sneaky way of making excuses <laughs> not to show up and just find stillness. Huh? Right. Exactly. Uh, you know, so like started meditating and, and that was a huge factor in my life and, and helping me, uh, get through that transition period. Um, and, so, you know, I, I went through spurts, uh, I, you know, would be super focused and eat healthy and be, you know, go to the gym regularly. And, uh, my wife and I got a Peloton right at the start of, of, uh, the pandemic. And I was crushing that Peloton every morning, you know, and like super motivated. And then we'd go on a trip and go see family and like, just completely fall off the wheels and, you know, fall off the tracks and just go nuts eating, uh, you know, I don't know how you, you did while you were playing, but I always kind of did this carb cycling where I would eat low carbs, you know, three, four days in a row. And then I'd have one day where I just eat a ton of carbs mm, and then the I'd best. go three, three or four days. Right. And, you know, three or four days leading up to the game, play the game and then go get pizza and cookies on Sunday night and, you know, uh, some beer and, and, you know, enjoy, um, so mentally I had always gotten into this spot where it was like, all right, I work hard for three or four days. And then I get not only this like, want. Yeah. reward of food, but it's a mental break too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was in this kind of cycle and it would just kind of spin out of control. And I got to down to 295 pounds that way. And, um, then just kind of plateaued and wasn't moving. And all through my football career, I kept talking about how excited I was to lose weight when I was done playing mm. because living life at 300 plus pounds is not fun, not ideal. Like everything hurts. Everything is harder. Uh, you know, bending over to put the golf ball on the golf, <laughs> and you, you miss a little bit and you get a little stuck and now you can't, you know, you get, 
can't breathe. Like, I know you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, I know exactly. What I can't even play golf anymore because <laughs> my shoulders, knees, and hips just, just flare up so hard. Oh, man. But, you know, so it was like, all right, you know, I've talked about doing this for so long. Um, and I'm, I'm stuck. Like, this is not happening fast enough. Um, so actually, the gym I go to runs a competition every year. Uh, the gym's called Stark, and they do a competition called Stark Naked. Uh, and at the end of the competition, all the competitors take professional pictures in their underwear and they get posted to social media and websites. And, uh, there's a a charity component with it. Also, you raise money for a charity that you align yourself with. And, uh, I, I'd been a part of this gym for years and, and, uh, had always kind of been something in the back of my mind, like, ah, you know, maybe that's something to do one day. Uh, and my trainer, you know, kind of started to get in my ear about, Hey, you should do Stark naked this year. And my first initial reaction reaction was like, you get out, like, there's no way. Like, I got young kids, I got school, I got work. Like, I don't all have time excuses, for that. Like, yep. All all these excuses. And um, I, the program that I was going through, the the life coaching at that same time, uh, which you know, this is not a coincidence in my mind. Mm. Um, but it was uh, what we were kind of talking about was following your intuition and seeing the signs that are coming to you and accepting the thing, the ideas and, and the, uh, external, uh, stimuli that are coming to you and, and accept those things and realize what is trying to happen in your life. Because, Mm. you know, whatever you believe, you believe in God, you believe in universe, you know, whatever any of us believe the world, uh, has a way of, taking you to the point that you want to go to and it might not be the path that you see in your mind and it might not be the dots that you can connect in your mind but it's the easiest and best way to get there and when you can get out of your own way and uh tune into that intuition and and be willing and able to act on that um things in your life will will happen much more freely and much easier Mm. And have so, you always been open to that, or is this something that kind of you've you've started trusting your intuition on kind of on this journey of doing healing and being open to it and kind of communicating with that that intelligence and the universe that is speaking to you always, no matter how you define it? Have you always kind of had that connection, or is it just starting to unfold? I I I did when I was younger. Um, you know, I, I grew up uh, in a Christian household, and you know, went to church and all that kind of stuff. Um, went away from it for a while and, you know, you know, I, I, not to get into that with anybody and, um, you know, everybody has their own beliefs and I'm That's completely what fine with all, about, baby. with all of that. Right. Um, I don't necessarily believe that anymore, but I know that there's something out there that's bigger mm. than me. And there, I know there's something out there that I'm connected to. Um, and as I said, you know, like, especially my first few years in the league, I was much more like that. I, I, you know, I went with the flow and, and what life brought to me, you know, were opportunities and you act on them and all this kind of stuff. Uh, as I got jaded and as some of the harder times of, of the NFL came in and honestly, probably got away from some gratitude also, uh, my, I, I shifted, my mindset changed and like, I was very rigid in my thinking and. Uh, it definitely affected, you know, me personally, mentally, and, and really, you know, my performance in the world in all aspects as well. 
Um, so that's definitely, you know, I would say it's something that I'm getting back to now, something mm-hmm. that I was previously, I have a better understanding of it now. Uh, I, you know, can put some thoughts into, you know, certain areas or, you know, words to thoughts and things like that. But, um, I definitely got away from it for a while and, and coming back to it now. Uh, and so thankful. So, uh, back to, to the weight loss thing, you know, I, I, all that was happening at the same time. And I was like, you know what, this is a sign. Like, this is something that I need to do. Uh, what better motivation than pictures in my underwear to lose the weight that I said I've always wanted to lose. Uh, so I did that earlier this year and I lost, uh, from, from January to June, I lost 30 pounds. Congrats, man. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, to feel that way and, and be that way and, and kind of, you know, another, another thing, you know, in that transition away from football into like the next phase of life. Yeah. What was the key shift as far as like, was it eating certain foods? Was it exercising? Was it timing of when you ate? Was it intermittent fasting? Was it all mindset and just showing up and being dedicated? Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm a very analytical mind. I like numbers. Um, so if I can gamify things for myself, that's a huge help for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I use an app called fat secret, uh, to track, uh, my macronutrients in my diet. And, uh, I kind of have a macronutrient plan. So every day I, you know, I track the food that I eat and, and input that stuff. And it's a game for myself to try to like be right on, what my, my macros should be for what my goals are. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was one piece of it. Um, again, the mentality and, you know, being more connected with myself and having a purpose and having gratitude for life and living this life of abundance instead of this life of lack, uh, was a huge deal. Um, you know, people talk about walking all the time. I got out and I walked a lot more walking uh, is the best. I walk like it, two or three times a day. And even the other day I, I tried to, I like just, I'm going to try and run because I want to like, you know, running, you're supposed to run. And I ran for like literally a half mile and like for two days straight, my knees were so inflamed and so much pain. <laughs> and I was like, and, and I talked to Nick Hardwick about this cause he's really into all this human optimization stuff. I had him on the podcast and he actually talked about like walking for like 10,000 steps a day is actually better than if you like ran for an hour a day. And so you actually right. get a lot, burn a lot more calories just by getting out and walking and then get out in the sun. And there's all just so many more benefits than just, for sure. you don't need to run, just show up and walk. Right. For sure. You know, so that was a big fact. You know, I, I was trying to hit 10,000 steps a day. Um, and you know, I, I would get to work and instead of walking straight into the office, I'd take a little lap around the buildings and, you know, nice. be out in the sun and, and, uh, you know, get some healing from mother nature while I was getting some steps, right. Uh, slowing um, down too, I, not just being right, in a rush. Right. Uh, going home, uh, you know, from work, grabbing my kids and going for a walk around the neighborhood, taking them to the park or, you know, whatever, uh, the situation may be, that was a huge thing. Uh, and then I think the last thing was just the consistency. Um, you know, I got to a point mentally where it was like, you know what, I I don't need that high carb day. I don't need to have a, you know, pizza and cookies on every single Friday night that then spills into Saturday that then spills into Sunday. Right. Um, so it was just this like mindset of like, you know, I have, I'm going to do this until June and I'm going to give this a good shot and, uh, do what I can and see the results. And, 
you know, I got to a place mentally where I didn't even think about that stuff anymore. Yeah. Even after it, a few I was days, just like, like the sugar kind of yeah. goes, once you make that decision, you know? Right. Right. Uh, you know, so I was just dialed in and, and consistently, you know, mentally locked in and, uh, you know, not trying to kill myself. You know, I went to the gym, gym a couple times a, a week and got on the Peloton two or three times a week. And, and it wasn't like I was like grinding it out. Yeah. No, I wasn't running myself into the ground physically. Uh, but it was that, that consistency piece of doing it over and over again for a long period of time. Yeah. I think that's what I tell people. I think everybody's like, I, I, I want to go lose weight. I want to go get better shape. I'm going to go do this thing. And then they like have this plan of doing all this stuff. And then as soon as they start missing it, it's like, ah, oh, they just give up. And it's, it's the consistency over intensity Just show up and walk more, go mm-hmm. do some pushups, get up out of your seat and do 30 air squats in the middle of the day. Like all of that stuff adds up and it makes it just so much right. easier. It makes you feel better. It moves the energy around as well. I know we're coming up right. on time and you got a hard stop kind of final, final question. Um, you know, it's cool how you're talking about how it's all connected, right? So even like to losing weight, it's not just the diet or the nutrition. It's like, I need a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And I think that's a big issue. Most former athletes struggle with is like, what's the deeper meaning? What's my purpose? What, what do I have to get out of bed in the morning? Um, so talk about, you know, you talked a little bit about finding your purpose. What is that purpose now? And, and talk about the importance of, of finding that, um, you know, in this transitional phase. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I, I will, uh, re, so I, I actually went through and, and built a purpose. Uh, and it's something that I look at regularly. It's something that I say out loud regularly. Uh, you know, a lot of people consider it to be, you know, something personal and don't want to share it, but uh, you know, I don't feel that way. I, I want everybody to know what my purpose is. And, you know, when I do verbalize it, uh, it goes out into the universe and, uh, you know, it holds me accountable too. Uh, so my purpose, uh, you know, I relentlessly execute an integrative lifestyle so I can improve to be the best version of me. I provide freedom for my family and uh, help others to live happy and fulfilled lives. Mm, beautiful. So that's my purpose. Thanks right? for sharing that, brother. And I think that's so important yeah. to get really specific, really clear, and put it somewhere that you're reminded of it every day. Because the more you put that energy and that focus into that, I mean like we talked about it, there's, there's something greater out there listening to us. that's connected to us, whatever it is. And the power of our words and energy, and we're putting it out there. It's gonna, it's gonna just, it's almost drawing it to us. It's not even mm-hmm. like we have to show up and force it. It's like, I'm, I'm doing this thing. This is who I am. And it, the universe just provides. Right. You know, and, and, you know, something that I want to point out about that is that nothing in that, that in my purpose says anything about like the profession that I'm in. More, you know, what it is that I do, right? It's it's overall concepts and things that are very important for me uh, that help guide me, you know. So, like uh, providing freedom for my family, you know, that's freedom of time, that's freedom of finances, uh, and you know, when I make decisions in my job, that helps guide me. Um, you know, I I have we didn't haven't even talked about this, but you know, I I work as a real estate. Uh, uh, investment professional now. And, um, you know, how does that tie into my purpose? Um, well, to me, helping others to live happy and fulfilled lives, uh, a way that I can do that through real estate investment and real estate finance is to provide guys like you and me, uh, that have, um, you know, had awesome careers and and been able to uh, amass uh, some wealth 
you know, things like that, provide them opportunities to not only learn, uh, you know, how to evaluate investments or, or uh, how to, you know, think about their finances, uh, but then provide them with opportunities to grow their wealth and set their families up for success for, you know, years, years and generations to come, you know? So when you find this purpose, it's, it's bigger. And then you find ways to uh, guide your life and what you do day to day, how that fits into that purpose. And it's such a, such a powerful thing. I love it, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. I think the bit, the big thing too, to this goes for anybody to really find deeper fulfillment and joy in life is to show up and be of service to something greater than yourself. And everything in that purpose is being of service in some type of way. And when I was going through my transition and I started at like questions like, okay, what do I do? How do I show up? And it, it, my life completely started shifting when I started asking a simple question is how can I be of service? And mm-hmm. it's led me on this path in such incredible journeys just by showing up and doing stuff for others. And it's it actually the most selfish thing you can do because the more energy you put out, it just comes right back. It's just a little secret to the universe if anybody is wondering. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I can see it. I'm sure other people can see it from you. Uh, you know, I commend you on, on what you're doing. Uh, these, these moments where we can sit like this and converse and, and be vulnerable. And, uh, you know, I think that's such a powerful thing. And, um, I hope other people feel that way and and can get to a point to where, you know, we can sit down and have these conversations and and talk about, you know, what we've been through and Mm. and how we feel about things and, and, uh, people to know that like, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, uh, alone here. Like we've, we've all been through, through, uh, you know, something similar. It's our own journey. Uh, but we can sit here and talk about it and, uh, be vulnerable to each other. Uh, and, and be of service to each other, like you're saying. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you for showing up, for being vulnerable, for sharing your story and really proud of you for the journey you've been on. Uh, it's really cool to connect with you. Um, before we wrap up, where can people find you if they want to connect with you, maybe on social or anything that you're working on? Uh, so I'm not a, a huge social media person. Uh, that was part of my transition as I took a step back from that. Uh, I do have a Twitter that I'm not very active on. Uh, that's just at Zane Beatles. Uh, so people can find me there. Uh, I'm not on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, uh, Zane Beatles. That's probably the best place to find that's me. That's where now I found him. So he's, yeah. I, he'll respond on that. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's the one uh, place where I will respond on. So, uh, feel free to reach out to me there. Uh, that's probably the best place. Awesome. Thanks for coming on brother and excited to continue this journey with you. Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Zane. Uh, really cool to connect with him. I'm excited to continue the conversation, continue the journey, continue the connection. Uh, I have a really sneaky suspicion that we'll be collaborating on a lot of really cool things in the future, just showing up to be of service to the world. Um, thank you again, Zane. All of his contact information will be in the show notes. Go check it out. And if this podcast had a positive impact on you and you enjoyed it, one way to really support me in this podcast is to just take a few seconds, leave a five-star review, say a few nice words. Uh, I think one of the only ways to really increase the the podcast exposure is to get those ratings up. So if you follow this, I only have like, I don't, I don't have that many for how many people, how many of you listen to this podcast and don't leave a rating? I talk about it all the time. 
please just go leave a five-star review, say a few nice words. And if there's anything in this podcast you think somebody else would enjoy or get something out of, go ahead and share it with them. We're all in this together. We're just walking each other home. I love y'all. Thanks again. Peace.